Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. Mac is fired up. That's good. Well, yeah. today, we're, this is going to be a really good show. Think, Man, yeah. That sun's beaming outside. Everybody kind of feels it in their bones. It's going to be turkey season. It's going to be cold this weekend, but it uh, it does begin, it's beginning to feel like turkey season is getting closer. Mm, I can't wait. So, yeah, this is going to be a great episode. We will, I will get to who our guest is here in just a second. I got a few little things I want to knock out of the way. I want to make sure you, this is Valentine's week. Guys, don't forget about that. It's, that's a good point. You need to get those brownie points in before turkey season. Yeah, and a lot of ladies would love an eight-pound bag of clover. No doubt about it. You know, that's I, a, I think it, it flowers for three to five years. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a good one to get. I think I'm going to take my wife to the NWTF convention for, for Valentine's Day. Well, that's killer. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is exciting. That you thought was this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what? okay, one one last question. Uh, who do y'all like in the Super Bowl that's this weekend? Was that, is that this weekend? It is this weekend. So it's the Bangles and who? Isn't that a band? Yeah, it's one of Dudley's favorite band, bands, no, I think. Wrong. <laughs> who, who's the other team? You know, I'm not really sure. It's the uh, the Rams. I think it's, you're right. Is that the L.A.? Might, might be. The L.A. Uh, Rams? Yeah, I think they are back out there somewhere. Yeah. So, well, it, so who are you know, rooting for? I, you know what? I hunted la- last year in the Super Bowl. My wife and I saw our biggest buck last year. It, and it was in just, February? In, well, in, 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 in Alabama, you can still hunt February. So we hunted, and she, we saw this right at dark, this really, really athletic-looking buck with long, tall tines showed up. And she kept going, how beautiful he was. And we named him Brady. Oh gosh! Yeah, we named him Brady, and uh, I don't know whatever happened to Brady. He didn't show back up. Ne- ne- he ne- probably ne- never retired. saw her again. So I retired. So last year the Super Bowl was February seventh, so it was still we were still hunting, and this uh, year is a little bit different. But I plan to hunt that afternoon. So they postponed. Well, I'm, whoa, whoa! I'm not hunting that afternoon. Yeah, I'm gonna go say. sit somewhere that afternoon and watch. So let me clarify that. So Chuck, you don't have to send somebody <laughs> looking for me. I'll drop you so. a pen if you need to know where he is. <laughs> yeah. So what about blood on the biologic? Real quick, anybody got anything going? Um, yeah, uh, young buddy of mine named Leo Quick, uh, his parents, Martin and Whitney, I grew up with them. Leo is named after Leo Martin, his great granddad, who was a famous federal game warden for Ooh. years. And, uh, anyway, it was a cool pick. He was wearing a bunch of old mossy oak that his dad grew up wearing and, 
Hold so what, he, what did he do? He killed a he killed a big old bull pintail for his first on duck oh, on the youth yeah. hunt. That youth hunt, wow. So and and a couple more ducks. So oh, that's exciting. awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear somebody had a productive youth hunt. Well, how was y'all's youth hunt? Oh, we had a great time, man. Uh, Big Dave and Trey. You know, we drew uh, at the, one of the youth hunts here at, uh, here locally. Uh, and loaded up out there and got there in time. And it's really cool. It's a cool atmosphere because the wardens are in there and all the kids are there and they're excited. And they all draw ping pong balls. And, you know, then you get to, to, pick, to pick a hole uh, pretty much. And, and sure enough, Hayden, you know, they were going with high number and he picked 10. So he looked at me, he's like, what hole? And I said, uh, and I picked the number five hole. And we were just all pumped up about 24 degrees, a little north wind. Got in there. Most of it was frozen up. Beautiful morning. Threw out decoys, turned on the motion, and we went to Waffle House about eight o'clock. <laughs> so that's cold, twenty four degrees. It was cold. It was a little froze up, but nonetheless, we had a really good time. So. Were there some birds in the air? Uh, six. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's good that you can identify all of them. <laughs> so every one of them. Four wood ducks and two catwalks. They just flew right on past and went. I needed went, Mac there. He could have Mac Mac them on in. No. Went to Louisiana instead. Huh? But look, we had a really good time. It's fun just going out there and then ended up eating eggs, you know, at the Waffle House. So no. what, what do you think the, the problem was? That area has normally got a lot of ducks. Um, uh, you know, sometimes I think ducks honestly are, are feeding more at night than they ever have before. Honestly, I think they're reacting to pressure. I don't know that. That's a, just a, a theory I've come up with in my mind. Maybe I've heard some other people talk about. I'm it. thinking y'all were a day late. Yeah, the but, cold front came through. It was still really cold, but probably locked up, and they were. Well, the, a lot of the. I mean, it was, they were south. Yeah, I mean, it was you know 12, 18 inches of water. Uh, some open water. Was there, so, uh, they, 24, there was ice, obviously. Oh, yeah. Did the little boys get cold? No. Nah. They, they talked too much to get cold. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the wardens, they saw Hayden and they said, we need oh, to keep an pointed, eye on this. They boy. pointed him out from the beginning. Of course, his hair was not combed even there, you know, looking like, I don't no, know. No, he combs his hair with a rock. Yeah, it looked like he stuck his finger in a... And a light socket, but uh, nonetheless, it's all good, good fun. So. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, look, this uh, before we introduce our guest, uh, Mac, where are you, you texting? What is it? All right, so real quick, you got a commercial? I do. I mean, turkey season's obviously on our minds, but we don't need to forget about our, our whitetails. Uh, we just got some bio rocks back in stock, and we've got some full potential uh, mineral uh, bags as well, so... Now's the time to, I mean, turkeys are on our mind, but, I mean, let's not forget about the white yeah, tails yeah. and the no, no, This is the yeah, most important yeah. time for them right now. Yeah, this yeah, is when you put it out. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's post a, may not get utilized right now, but this is when you put it out. Yeah, and they need a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, post run, it's winter time. It's time for them to get a little Going to burn the pines. So, go take some salt with you. So take where do they bun. find that, Mac? Mac, quit texting. Where's Mac? Where do they find that? At plantbiologic.com. Okay. But of Good course. deal. Yeah. I mean, um, there we go. I've got something to say about the bio rock. Um, my testimony, I've always used the, until I discovered the bio rock, I was always told. You, you know, discovered you, the bio rock. Yeah, when I discovered it. <laughs> um, I was always told good old straight white salt is their favorite. If they're going to lick something, you know, nutrients aside, white salt's going to bring them in. And then you can start adding. Uh, more minerals and, and nutrients. Less um, of the salt, more minerals. So, yeah. anyway, I have a, I had an established lick with a block of white salt that the deer were going to, and I put a bio rock right next to it and obviously put the camera on it. 
and you can click through the photos, boom, 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 boom. And 90 plus percent of the time they're licking that bio rock. Mm -hmm. They they are. And it seems like bucks like it better than that. Yeah. And I'll give you a little guys a little secret. When you're going through when you're looking at them, the lighter color they are, the the cleaner that rock is, it seems like the better they they like it. Yeah, I believe we got one of the cleanest rocks on the market. Yeah, try it. Yeah. Yeah, it works. I love them. Thank you, Mac. You can go back to texting whoever you were texting there. Somebody, so I'm trying to get on a turkey property somewhere. 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 Yeah. So, look, today I'm so excited we've got Mr. George Mayfield. The one and only, baby. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's kind of legendary and, and, you know, uh, let everybody have their own reason for that. But he is a (laughs) world-class turkey hunter. (laughs) He is. And, And everybody to a man... When Mr. George starts talking about Turkish people, listen. They start listening. That's right. Yes. And we have had, uh, boy, we've had the pleasure of having a property next door to him, which yeah. just, I can't tell you all the nights I have lost sleep worrying <laughs> about what he's doing and what, where he is. And Yeah, the first thing when we're going to the lease is, did you see George's truck? <laughs> yeah. We, we always shine a light over there. Look for tracks in the mud. <laughs> Nothing like know. being loved, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we know if you're there, we got a chance to kill a turkey. There's turkeys there. Like if you're hunting there, like, hey, we need to go in here and see what's going on. How wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Y'all have been mighty good neighbors. Uh, you have, and, too. Uh, enjoyed every every day of it. Uh, I'm glad to be here, guys. Well, we're I glad mean, to have you. It's like, can you believe it? It's we're been proud. a year. I know. Yeah. How's that happen? Yeah. Older Gracious I get, the quicker it goes. Y'all over there talking about the ducks, you know, and whining and crying about the ducks. <laughs> and and uh, I have a grandson that his daddy's a little preppy, and uh, the boy just this year's wanted to start hunting. And I've never been one to press children to hunt. You want to go? Then let me know. I'm, I'm available, you know. And... Uh, the boy wanted to go hunting this year and kill a deer. Never killed a deer before. And I set him up in the front yard of my house in Livingston, Alabama. Built Took a month, built a shooting house. I I got him. I took your product. I planted it right there. I mean, I got pictures to prove it. And um, the first afternoon out there that we sat, and of course, I had the cameras, and I was paying attention, and, and he whacked an eight-point. It was just like... The script. That's awesome. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm over there going, hmm, <laughs> You know, I'm still, still got it. Still guy. got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Still the guy. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, the next day, you get three in Alabama, you know, and of course, the next day, he wanted to go again, and he whacked another eight point. You know, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> we created a monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was sure glad to see his dad when he drove up. <laughs> Get this boy. Yeah. Let me help they you get that up. in the back of the but, truck. But I, I mean, he, I'm sure I don't do the Facebook and all that mess. But I'm sure if you want to, uh, Rainer Russell, he's all over it somewhere. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, you were talking about the ducks, and uh, he was there uh, the a couple of weekends after that, whenever the duck season was, and uh, I was said, mm, I got a dog that's dying to go duck hunting hadn't taken him all year hardly and and rainer had never been duck hunting either so my little buddy blake has a spot that he hadn't hunted that year and we went down there and and uh we were late and 
It's a long story, but we ended up just standing on the side of this beautiful duck hole. Had we been in the right place, he could have gotten, you know, all the shooting in the world. But he killed three Drake Mallards. Nice. And, He's on the road. Uh, <laughs> and I am telling you, and I got the pictures, and uh, and it's like I told my wife, I said, we got to have that one blown up. That is yeah. a gorgeous picture right there, the ice and all right. that. And Lord's been good to me this year, guys. I don't know what turkey season is going to bring because we never do. <laughs> it's going to be turkey season. I mean, if, if I get one, then I'm not going to get skunked. That's right. <laughs> you know, so I'm shooting for that first one, and, and uh, I've got some people that I'll probably end up spending some time with, hopefully in the woods. And, you know, we're just blessed to be uh, uh, having one in front of us just a few short weeks away. So That's exactly it's, right. It's getting close. So before we go down, and we're going to talk turkey for a while, but I want to ask you a question. You ran a guide service, and you've been hunting up in West Alabama for a long time. What – Two, two questions. What's the biggest deer you've grown score-wise and the biggest deer you've killed yourself? Well, I don't know really, Bobby, what the biggest one I, I've grown because, you know, you you hear stories as a – if you run a, a hunting operation, you hear stories, this is the biggest deer, you know, and all that kind of stuff, so – I have uh, heard from hunters and had reports, and you guys have to understand now, we did not have the cameras that y'all have now, mm-hmm. okay? And I had some of the first cameras that were ever out there, and you had to wait a week to get the pictures back. Yeah, the picture would yeah, slide yeah, out the bottom I mean, of the camera. And it was horrible. You know, you get 400 coon pictures, you know, and that kind of stuff. Polaroid. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. But we still were trying to be on the cutting edge with that kind of stuff because I realized the value of it. Uh, I personally, on at the roost, right on the Mississippi-Alabama state line, if you go on Highway 14, if you're going from uh, Highway 17 south of Aliceville and going 14 west to Macon, we had 12,000 acres right there we called the roost, and I killed a 181. Oof. And uh, there were some deer in there that this was a double beam, non-typical, of the one I killed. And there were some typicals in there uh, that that bested him. Uh, mm. I had glimpses, and, and in the beans, we had a lot of agriculture on the place. And, you know, in August, in the beans, you can see some stuff down there, and uh this was all free range stuff, so I have no idea where some of these deer went, or how, you know if they were killed or not. But I I think that based on the, in the prairie, in the black belt soils, mm-hmm. uh, lime rock, I mean, all the ingredients were there to, to produce a two hundred uh, class deer. Mm-hmm. But we never took one. Now we did kill a deer off the place that weighed. 347 pounds live weight. That's wow. That is. <laughs> now, the pictures are in the paper and documented and all yeah. that kind of stuff, you know. 347. Yes. Wow. It was a buck, and he was traveling with three other bucks, and uh, the guy shot him uh, because of his body, and he said he looked twice as big as the others, but his horns looked you know, much smaller, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of CRP open ground, you know, long shooting, that kind of stuff. 
and uh, and he was a like a one fifty five ish or something like that. So that body made that rack look small, relatively speaking. And uh, and there was a non typical that we found later that somebody must have shot or he died or whatever. We found him and he scored. Oh, he was like a one seventy ish. So we killed several 170s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, in, well, in, I was just curious. Memory. But Those that kind of ground deer. was right, the proper management. And, and it's hard to manage when you're in a commercial hunting operation. Now. Yeah. It, it's it's difficult. Very. Because you you're balancing <laughs> what the, the, the customer base with – uh, what you want to achieve as a manager, and that's often hard to do. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. All right, so let's turn our focus now. We've got one of the most poisonous turkey hunters that, that we know of. Yes, uh, and a lot of, we a got lot of hungry turkey where, hunters. Where we can ask him questions. There's some hungry turkey hunters at this table. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, who wants to go first with the first question? Because, Dudley, why don't we Dudley. let you got a big smile on your face like you just – well. I'm overthinking a lot of this because I I want to ask you some serious, intriguing the, questions. Right. Yeah. So um, this may be a little bit off the wall, but um, I remember hearing my dad always talking about hunting uh, areas where they okay. come and go dusting yeah. and stuff. Um, and he often referred to I don't know ten to twelve o'clock as as being a good time to hunt dusting. And I, I don't know if that's true that's or not. Perfect. Perfect. But uh, is there a is there a time of the season when that can be a more mm-hmm. effective technique? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, just say you hunt the early morning gobble. You know, you don't ever get position right, and they get away from you, and you're like, "Well, I got some time. I don't really want to go fishing. I'm gonna go sit by a dusting spot." Um, is that something better to do early season, mid season, mm-hmm. or late season? Mm-hmm. No. Or not at uh, all? No. No, definitely yes. Uh, you know, when when I hunt, and, and I get to hunt more by myself now than I, you know, ever did, really. And uh, even when I was guiding, I spent more time looking down than I did looking out. And uh, the ground will show you the way. The land... The lay of the land is is critical to understand, and and you know once you learn how to look at the land, you can see through you know the the, the forest. You can see how the land lays and all that. But when I'm my favorite thing to do is hunt old turkey, and you're not going to hear old turkey much. And no, and the best way to find old turkey is through tracks, and the sign. On the ground, you know, you can go there and 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 you know there's turkeys that been in there, but you don't know if they're alive or dead or whatever. And but you go in there and cut his track, you know he's there. If it's mm-hmm. a fresh track, you know he's there. He doesn't have to gobble. And uh, so I I I want to write a whole chapter in my book about sign because it's that important. And I honestly I have killed most of my turkeys over the years that that I knew was signed. And your dad was exactly right. Uh, but it doesn't happen early. Hens aren't out there dusting early. 
they're they're in the hardwood leaf litter scratching, and the gobblers are following them around, shadowing them. I call, and uh, but when the hens split up and they start nesting, they're not going to walk two miles over here to dust. They're going to dust close to where they're laying. They're in this this process of of coming and going from the gobblers and being bred occasionally and and feeding and laying and and in that process they will they will come through an area in dust and the, the land has the ground has to be right for dusting for it to be effective and I've always heard and I don't know this for a scientific fact but I've always heard that this dusting helps uh mass scent and from predation and stuff like that mm. and it probably also does something to to uh like help them. their feathers and and clean them and they preen and, and you know it's a big part of their daily existence because you know the, the turkeys spend hours and on end preening oil in their feathers and and uh if you catch them if you've ever caught them loafing in the middle of the day uh Gobblers, too. They all sitting there working their feathers, you know, and they get that little oil gland on their rear, and they stroking the feathers. You see, I've seen them do it on the limb. I've seen them do it, you know, on up in the morning in the shadows of a of a, a buckeye bush on the creek bank, you know. I mean, that kind of stuff. So uh, feathers are a big part of it. If you find a dust bed, you can be pretty well rest assured that there's a nest close by. And I look for what you call focal points. And and focal points are areas where the gobbler and the hens get together during that reproductive period. And uh, the gobbler might, you might hear him every morning over here, and but that's not, all the hens in the, in the forest don't run over to him, you know, and breed him. But he moves around and has these di- different focal points that are, within that nesting habitat and he will pass through on up in the morning a lot of times when when things have kind of got quiet the turkeys aren't gobbling that good you know and uh and he'll ease over there might gobble a couple of times on up in the morning off this little focal point usually a kind of an opening hens don't you know if you ever watch one dust it's a process and there's a certain amount of vulnerability associated with that process. They got their heads down on the ground and they're wiggling in the dirt and the dirt, dirt's flying and they're flopping on their backs and you think something's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, killing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of like a gobbler strutting. You know, he can't see everything when he's strutting. You know, well, he can't see everything when she's dusting either. And therefore, I feel like they choose areas out in on roadside or a little more open area, just instinctively do this. And it might be drier and a little higher roads are often built on higher ground, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, combination of reasons, but that's where you see these dust areas and not all the time. But when you do, you know, that's the same area. These gobblers have a tendency to come and check. And uh, when you're hunting a, a... an old turkey, a, a middle-aged turkey, I'll say, not a real old turkey, but a middle-aged turkey, a good turkey, four, five, six-year-old turkey, uh, then he's not gonna, he's not gonna act like those two-year-olds, mm-hmm. and he's gonna have a history, 
and he's going to know where these hens are. And there's a peck order involved here, and the hens, you know, have a peck order in breeding as well as the gobblers do. And he'll slip in there, and he might gobble a couple of times at 10 o'clock in the morning, and, and the little hen, and this is where it comes back to that calling stuff that y'all wanted to talk about a little bit. What does the little hen do? She's over there. I, well, I'll put it this way. It ain't a whole heck of a lot. Mm. But it is something. It, it's When I heard it for the first time, I mean, I was, I, I was looking. And there was a gobbler that just gobbled, and I heard the hen answer. And it was like, that's it. That's it right there. That yelp. And guys, it's dang near inaudible. And I got good ears. I still got good ears. And it's just a just the softest little right after he gobbles. Some you know, after enough, not a cut. He doesn't, she doesn't necessarily cut him. I've heard it many times since then, actually. But that time is like the light bulb thing. And okay, I got it. And she never said another word. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think so often that's where people miss the boat on this calling stuff. Because these more mature birds have been through the wars. They've been pressured. They've, they've had issues with predation of, of from us down, you know, to whatever other predators are out there. And as a result, their vocalizations are are ju- they use them judiciously, whereas the younger part of the turkey population, the gobbler population, and hen population, they they talk too dang much. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? So, uh, yes, go back to your dusting. That's like finding that 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 makes me smile. When I find that, because real time information trumps everything. It's better than a gobble because the gobble, I, I mean, in my mind, now, I, I love to hear them gobble, but most of the gobbling, think about it, most of the gobbling occurs where? On the limb, you know? And how long does he stay there? I mean, he's he going to fly down. And he's going to go somewhere else most of the time. He's going to get with the hens, and they're going to make the little loop and all that. I kill a very, very small percentage of my birds within 150 yards or or less of the roost. I got – there was a point in time where I didn't go to the turkeys on the limb because it was just like, what the heck am I doing that for? I always end up behind them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? my story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so They're hard to catch. I, I mean, what, well, you darn right, and, and you don't know where they're going, uh-uh. and they get quiet, and they get up with the hens, and if you know where they're going, why aren't you already over there? <laughs> you know, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. So that kind of leads me to where the, the first question I had of Lane, if you don't mind. I, no, no, fit, go ahead, it, sir. Bob. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just right along these lines. But I was gonna ask, do you always do a fly down cackle? And you may have already, you may have just answered that. I don't one. always do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, 
I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm honestly, I mean, I, I not being, you know, ugly about that a bit. I don't, you know, somebody, if I go through a fight with a hell of a, a, a good goblin turkey and we get into it, you know, and there's an engagement there and it's going on and I'm guiding and this guy's sitting there in the gun barrel shaking and all this is going on and we, you know, and and uh, when it's all said and done, uh, I couldn't no more tell you what I said to that turkey than a man in the moon. I have no idea what I did or said. Honestly. Mm, I can believe that, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it is uh, interaction. It's almost like you get in a, a verbal argument with somebody and, you, and your wife says, well, well, why'd you say that? And I said, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, you did. I, well, I didn't. I don't remember saying that. That's that, you know, that's how involved, I suppose, I get. Hey, this is Toxie Hayes with Mossy Oak. You know, hunting and fishing, gamekeeping, and taking care of the land with my family is my life. And I'll be honest with you, the one app that I'm on every day and use more than anything is on X. It literally has changed my life from property ownership to roads, everything to do with understanding the land better. I even use it to plot acreages all the time. Every function I could dream of, use coupon code Mossy Oak to save 20% on your next on X subscription. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. So if you walk if you walk into a turkey on the roost, you know you've got a pretty good idea he's in there, and you go sit I'm, down. I'm really glad. <laughs> if I hear one on the roost these days, I'm glad. Well, so so in that setup though, is that is there some point Depends where you think I got to get to a fly down? I got a tree call to. I got to let him know I'm on the ground. Fly down tackle uh, makes a turkey gobble a lot of time. You know, uh, it's sort of like a cut. You cut. And turkey, will, if he's predisposed, if it's in that narrow window in the morning for, from, you know, 30 minutes before sunrise or whenever the data says, you know, that they gobble the most. If, and we all know what that is, you know. It's, or it's about the time sun comes up, things slow down a little bit, you know, a little after sometimes. It depends on how the morning feels, mm-hmm. you know. But on those good mornings where the morning seems to stretch out longer and, and it doesn't get hot and, and all that, and the turkeys are gobbling good for a while, uh, you know, you can make a turkey gobble on the ground, on the limb, whatever. Well, uh, if I'm on one, I don't need, and, and I know where he's at or whatever, I don't need to make him gobble. I need to make him come, so I, I might not be trying to impress him with my, my calling, you know. But uh, if I don't know where one's at, and, I, and, you know, the ones that I had originally heard, and I'm over there in that area, uh, you know, I'm trying to make one gobble, and I will do a, a fly-down cackle. Uh, I'll do, I'll cut. You know, I'll take my wing and 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 do a, a fly down with a fly down cackle, and uh, you know if he's already hinned up or whatever, I mean he'll oh, he'll he'll cut you a lot of times. You're not probably going if he's hinned up. You're not going to get a series of gobbles, you know. But at least I know where he is now. And you know, two points to find a line. And if you heard that turkey gobble on the limb, he's over here. And he, you made him cut you, and he's over here. Well, okay. Well, you extrapolate that line out, and they're going yonder way, <laughs> you know. So don't go at the turkey 
go around there and, and get on the other side of the turkey and then come in from that direction, and he'll think he's picking up another little hen. The old loop, you know? the loop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, you know, the the loop is, I've learned something about a loop, too, man. When, when you think you've gone far enough, go that much That's further exactly again. Right. I, me, me too. <laughs> you know, I me mean, loops too. loops have a tendency, especially the older you get, you have a Your tendency shoulder. to cut them a little short, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, that don't pay off too much, you know? No, them big loops. That's yeah, right. big loop. It, it hurts old wounded knee, but... Uh, so to expand on Bobby's question a little bit, do you uh, do you find yourself talking to them much while they're still on the limb, or, no. or do you tend to wait till they no. get on the ground I usually? Know. I, I, I'm not – listen, there's a word that you don't never need to use in turkey hunting. You don't never see uh, – never want to say never. Right. right. Okay? Sure. Because that's just not – relevant to what we do as turkey hunters uh they're so variable in their behaviors uh that you're liable to see anything or hear anything at certain times right uh so i won't say never but i have learned that there are times when i will join the fray and the birds on the limb and there's but it there's more time of the season that I just stay out of it. And and what I'm talking about here is early in the season, when you know that the gobblers are still bunched up, and if you've watched enough of them fly up, and there's usually a group of gobblers over in this bank of trees, and there's hens scattered all around. Uh, and there might, if there's four gobblers there, there's probably two goblins. And one, every now and then, if you listen close, you might hear another one chime in or two, or they might all be gobbling. You don't ever know. But the odds are you go into these turkeys, and it's opening week or so or a week or so after, and there's going to be more than one turkey there. And uh, in that process of going to those turkeys, uh, I don't want to get up in there among them because I'm going to run a high probability of running a turkey I don't know that's there off the limb. And uh, and I don't call to them at close range. Now, if I'm standing back at the edge of the field and they're off down there, you know, 200 yards in the hollow, and they're gobbling pretty ahead of the hollow and gobbling pretty good, you know, and there's a group of hens over here yelping and a group of hens and hens are cranking up, I will I will get in it because I want them to hear my voice. I want gobblers, they recognize hens have voices just like we do. Mm-hmm. And gobblers, uh, mature gobblers, know and recognize hen voices that they're familiar with. And uh, if you get accepted by a gobbler, if he starts cutting you, and turning on the limb and gobbling at you. And a lot of times it's just a matter of, of out yelping them other hens and uh, and and cutting and yelping and, and cutting them and stepping on them and, and getting him fired up over them. They're going to be closer, okay? So they have the inside advantage of making him gobble because they're louder because they're closer, 
And Bobby heard me one morning over at Raising Cane, you know, and I was embarrassed. I thought he wasn't there, you know. So <laughs> I would have never done that if I'd have known. The, the, the Mossy Oak guy was over there, you know. <laughs> thought I was a nut, but I was having a good time, you know. Messing I'd with never him. heard anybody yelp so much. Yeah. He, you've heard me yelp a bunch. <laughs> and not like what he was doing. <laughs> That's pretty serious, then. Hey, I yelped him up, too, didn't I? <laughs> Called him all the way across his clear gut. There we go. <laughs> Uh, that was a big clear cut, yeah, too. And that was a big clear cut, and that was a big turkey yeah, I missed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's turkey hunting, but I remember that turkey more than 20 I killed. It's <laughs> the funny, one I missed. The one, you know? the one that got away. Is the well, I just, I tried to shoot him left handed because mm-hmm. he, he I, mean, I didn't think that thing. turkey was coming. And uh, he hushed, and I, I you know, uh, I had my boys were out there hunting, and I just I, I quit messing with the turkey. And uh, I was sitting wrong to him, and uh, if I'd have known he was coming, I wouldn't have been. <laughs> but I was sitting out in the middle of a ball, wide open, clear cut, yeah. but pretty close to the road, which was the line. And uh, I was sitting there, and next thing I know, Leroy's standing in the middle of the road, <laughs> stretched up about that tall. Mm-hmm. And there was no way to shoot him right-handed. So I said, well, heck, I got this. So <laughs> I eased around there and got, got the gun on him and shot him left-handed, and he didn't, I didn't cut a feather. I, <laughs> I, I made him, I upset him, but I didn't cut a feather. He flew right back toward Bobby. <laughs> yeah, and I was slithering on the ground trying yeah. to catch whoever was up there on that thing. <laughs> and then the turkey flew over you and it was over with. Well, I don't know if he flew over him, but it was it was kind of an embarrassing moment for me, but I've had a bunch of them in the turkey woods. Hey, we so all miss them. The, the, the beautiful Bobby's thing about Bobby's never missed a turkey before. Oh my god, <laughs> I've missed so many. Most of the time, when you're out there, you don't have all of it, you know, and that's the beautiful, you know, that's beautiful what I love thing about, about the turkey woods. It is the beautiful thing. But now no, we were we were talking about those turkeys on the limb uh, early in the season when they're, they're the hens and the gobblers are together like that. I do want to throw my hat in the ring. I want that gobbler. To, to hear me, and I want him to, he has to hear me in the right context. In other words, you don't go out there at lunch and try that. He'll hear you all right, but you'll be teaching him mm-hmm. to avoid you because there ain't another hen in, in the woods doing it, and he knows good and darn well that ain't a hen. You got to, you know, we impersonate turkeys. We we don't we try we try to communicate with them, but we don't know the language really. You know, we don't understand completely the language. But we got some clues about what seems to work and what doesn't work and that kind of stuff. But you don't want to get into a conversation with a turkey because he's gonna figure out real quick you ain't a turkey. So I've always wondered People that that don't know how to call, and I put myself in that category, but people that really, especially early on, that don't know how to call, why is it that they have a tendency to call the most? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? That, I, I mean, exactly you'll so. hear it, and it'll go on and on and on, and, and like, uh, it didn't work the first time. It ain't going to work the 20th time, and... 
So my approach is to, if, I, if I'm if i hunting a place, and I don't have that many places to hunt anymore, but I know these turkeys are going to imprint on my sound to some extent. And I really don't, I, one, I don't want them to know, have, ever have heard me. Have you ever noticed that when you go and sit on a turkey that you've never sat on before, first time you sit to him, you have a pretty good chance of killing him? You ever seen that? I, I agree. That's because he, he, he a new hen. Mm-hmm. But if you've been hunting in there a, a good bit and you call to him and he answer you a few times and then kind of the party's over, he knows. He, he recognizes and I, I agree have with that statement a thousand percent. It's a truth. Some good stuff right here. So, so you know, be careful when you call it because it's only going to be so good for so long. And these turkeys, you're the one that's going to leave. I've said this before to you guys. You're the one that leaves. He's not leaving. <laughs> and he'll be there tomorrow and the next day until you kill him. He'll be there. So, don't train him either. And you're trying to trick him. And so be careful when you introduce yourself to him as a hen. Do it in context. When everybody else raising cane, you can raise cane. Hmm. And it's okay. But when everybody else gets quiet, you better not be raising cane. You might make him gobble, but you dang sure ain't going to make him come. And the whole idea is to make him come. All right. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot total of sense. sense. So, Lanny, what about you? You know, you got. I, I think it was a little bit in relation to. I know you like to hunt older turkeys. You know, we always fantasize about that old tough one. Um, do you change your tactics up? You know, totally. based on which how old you think the turkey is. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you think he's a young, and you might cut uh, at him a little more. <laughs> change my tactics. Yeah. I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not. Hunting an old turkey is the hardest thing that I've ever done. One that's got a name and I got a Oh, them name turkeys. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that you're talking about, it takes years to kill those things mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes it goes down disappointingly quick. But That is interesting. Uh, that too. But at the same time, uh, those, those birds – Truly old. I, I don't think people recognize how long tur- some turkeys, just like humans, how long some turkeys live. Mm-hmm. And there is a whole, just like in old men, I can speak, you know, from experience. Everything changes when you get older, and their interest in uh, in being they're not dominant turkeys anymore. They're no longer the dominant turkey. They're out there. They're they're and you know, Doc Chamberlain might know more about it than me and all this kind of stuff. But I sense that these birds' range shrinks. Uh huh. Now, <clears throat> you know the oldest turkeys that I've ever killed. Every one of them, to the last one of them, had an Achilles heel, hmm. and it's and I and I believe I believe in this as much as I believe in my turtle shells that I, you know and 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 we'll talk about that later. But uh, the uh, the old turkeys, their range shrinks, and they're not the dominant bird 
they don't interact with other birds, but when a hen is in the area uh, and she wants to breed, they'll they'll accommodate her. Imagine they're that. not they're they're not actively seeking and going to these focal areas and getting in these frays with these other turkeys and and fighting. But uh, God help that four year old that comes in his area and challenges him over that hen because it's going to be a fight, Mm -hmm. okay? And how many stories have you heard about people sitting to a turkey that was gobbling like hell and and they had him coming and out of nowhere turkeys, what I call, uh, it's almost like a, a, a scream. It, it's a it's a gobble that, that that you you won't never forget. It's a cow, and and he comes charging in, and you shoot this turkey, and it's the longest bird turkey you ever seen in your life. It's the old turkey. It's old hickory coming old in to defend his turf. Mm. Yeah, they will fight over that. When another gobbler comes gobbling in, they will go to him and fight him. Hmm. And and uh, Don Shield, Larry Shockey, Preston Pittman. I had a turkey named Old Hickory, and I didn't hunt him much uh, because I knew I wasn't going to kill him. And and I sent him sent them down there. I said, you know, I let all my guides over the years. I let them hunt. That was part of the deal. You can get rid of the guiding part and you go down there and hunt well i put him on the hardest turkey i ever met in my life (laughs) (laughs) nice guy like i am and uh you're the big you just you're the champion go down there and kill him and uh every one of them come back with their hats on sideways and cussing and and all that kind of stuff and you know who killed that dang turkey a kid next door neighbor that was yelping to a two-year-old that was gobbling coming in there you know, coming up to get killed, and he slipped that old hickory slipped in there right in the middle of his territory, right up front by the parking spot, slipped in there, and he shot him instead of that two-year-old. Hmm. Hmm. Had broke broke side. One side was broke, and the other was an inch and three-quarter. Golly. Wow. I know, kid. At the Jefferson place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been, golly, man. <laughs> Can you imagine killing that turkey, you know, uh, Yipping him up? No. I, I've got a story on the first old turkey, showing up old turkey. You know, the kind you get kicked out of clubs over. <laughs> 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 Seriously now, that kind of turkey. Uh, I killed one like that, the first old turkey I ever killed. Shown, and, uh, and I, honest to goodness, I got kicked out of the club. Well, how'd all that go down? Well, uh, it was as a, a novice. You know, I didn't kill my first turkey until I was twenty-one years old, and uh, so I was. Uh, th- there was a lot of turkey hunters out there, been hunting a lot longer than I had, and there was a club out in Greene County that I got into because I didn't, and it was a it had turkeys, but I was a deer hunter, and they didn't even know. Uh, that I wanted to turkey hunt, much less, you know, would turkey hunt. 
And so they let me in. They needed money. You know how that goes. So I got in, and heck, there was more turkeys out there than deer. And uh, one, of my, one of my early friends in Greene County, his name was Johnny Bishop. Johnny Bishop said, you know, there's an old turkey down there. <laughs> and, really? Okay, all right. So, I mean, it didn't help me none. I was still working on yelping, you know, mm. <laughs> trying to figure out how to yelp. And uh, long story short, I went down there one morning, there in the middle of the week, because, you know, I was in the, in the hunting business, per se. I wasn't making much money back then, but I had a lot of time to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was in the hunting business, and, and uh, so I, had, I was down there and on a weekday morning, and there was four or five turkeys gobbling down in this beautiful hardwood holler. And, uh, of course, I beelined to the turkeys. And when I eased in there and sat down on the break of the hill, there was uh, one turkey gobbled back behind me one time. And I heard him. He's pretty close, but I didn't think anything about it. But these water two-year-olds down there, they were raising cane. And uh, so I started, you know, doing whatever I could. Don't remember exactly, but I one of them broke off and started coming up the hill. And uh, so I, I got my gun on my knee, and I was sitting in a honeysuckle thicket dang near it. You know, I mean, I was sitting wrong. I, you know, <laughs> you don't, I, yeah. Anyway, I was sitting there, and I heard wings. I knew what they were, you know. And... Obviously, that turkey, that old turkey, had flown from the ridge over pretty hilly, hard hill, you know, hardwood. Flew to the ridge I was sitting on, landed behind me, and came up behind me. And I'm sitting there in the gun, down on on the gun, getting ready to shoot this turkey that's about to pop his head up over, the, you know, this little ridge. And he gobbled, and I didn't know what it was. It was that strange gobble I was telling you about. It was like somebody screamed, and I came out of the gun, and I didn't, you know, blow it, but, I mean, I came out of the gun. I didn't know what that was, and by that time, you know how they waddle, and <laughs> right to my right, caught it out of my eye. He come around that honeysuckle thicket. His old pine top broke off right there on top of that hill, and uh, and grown up in honeysuckle, you know, good place mm-hmm. to find a scrape or something, you know, that kind of scene. Mm-hmm. And, and and come around and went he was beeline it toward that, that turkey that was in the in the coming up over the break. And all those turkeys, when that turkey gobbled, all those turkeys in the bottom hushed and he never gobbled again. And and I just held my ground and he walked right in front of the gun barrel and I blasted him. And uh went out there and uh couldn't believe my eyes at first. The keenest, prettiest, most beautiful spurs I've ever seen. And um, I'll tell you how how beautiful they were. My wife took the best one and made a gold chain necklace for me mm. out of that. And I wore it until I started deteriorating it, <laughs> you know, just from sweat and all that kind of stuff. Still got it. Yeah. But uh, that was my first old turkey. Well, uh <laughs> The the thing is, you don't ever tell if you kill a turkey like that in a club like that. You don't tell nobody you kill that. Turkey. <laughs> but I mean, I couldn't get out of the woods before. I, you know, I, I got him. I, man, look, look what yeah. I got. 
Well, needless to say, I didn't get back in that club the next year, you know. Um, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. But I was sure proud of that truck. Still am. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> Do you have a hard time coursing drumming? Yeah. Do you have any yeah. secrets to trying to figure Nowadays, it out? Nowadays more so than I used to. Yeah. Was there- I used you know, I had a guy, I guided this outdoor rider, uh, and uh, he was a friend of mine and, and uh we got to know each other pretty good out of Mississippi over there. And uh, he, uh, we were sitting over in, on the Sipsy River. And this is early in my career. And, and uh, I was hearing this turkey drum, and it was like he's in the room with me, you know. And I was, I was listening to this turkey drum. And I said, John, you hear that? No. John, you hear that? No. I said, he's right there. You know. And ain't long story short, turkey was out there 140 yards or 50 yards. And I was hearing him drum. It's clear as day. And that lasted for 20 years. I, I, I can hear a turkey drum, that low-frequency sound. Now, nowadays, yeah, I've got what they call shooter's ear, you know, right-handed and, 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 you know, the ear that's turned to the gun barrel. I mean, it, yeah, this one, I have a hard time coursing anything anymore, to be honest with you, uh, like I used to. Um, and that's a, a good point to make with all these younger boys that, that like to wing shoot. And you got in a duck blind where folks don't know how to act and firing these three-and-a-half-inch magnums off in your ear over there and that kind of stuff. You don't want that because you'll lose God's gift to you. And um, I've been blessed with the best eyes and the best ears and and you know you think about it now, predators they kind of need that mm-hmm. nose, eyes, and ears they need it. And I didn't ever think about it, but my mother, my mother could hear me do anything on four rooms down when I was a kid. I mean, I couldn't whisper and they should get away with nothing. <laughs> she, so I think I got them all from my mother, you know, the eyes. and the, It's hard to course that guy, that, that trauma. Well, it man. is, and it is for me now. It's a lot harder, but yes, it is, and it's meant to be hard to course. That's, what, that's why they drum. That's why it's, it's unidirectional. That's why they evolved that ability to drum at the point where they want to go quiet. When I was in uh, in the Yucatan, the, the the best example that I've ever seen of drumming was in the Yucatan hunting those oscillated birds. Uh, that's thick stuff down there, and it's always been thick stuff. And uh, you can laugh at this or believe it or not, but the first oscillated turkey that I ever went to had this little Mayan guide with me, you know, and he was carrying around all this camo and, and pup tent and all this machetes and all this stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing his job, right. you know, trying to keep me out of trouble. And I didn't realize how dangerous that place was at the time. But... uh you know, the turkey gobbled, and it's a different gobble, but it's a gobble. You know you know, you ever hear one, you know it's a gobble. And uh, I told him, I said, Sientense, stay key. I made him sit down, stay here. And he's looking at me like, 
<laughs> Don't guide the guy. No, no, I, amen. <laughs> okay, amen on that. I, I I support you on that hundred percent. So I I made him sit there, and he didn't want to. Uh, and I got on my hands and knees, and I started crawling through this thick stuff, this a good goblin turkey, and he wasn't sixty yards out there, but you couldn't see him. And I made it about. Halfway and still couldn't see him. And I heard just the slightest little sound to my right. And I looked to my right. And if you ever looked eye to eye to a cougar? <laughs> I've seen one, but black I never. Black <laughs> He wasn't black. <laughs> now, you think, you know. I bet you puckered up hunting, a little bit. Hunting on stories, the ground. Hunting stories or whatever. This ain't no bull. I looked there. So you was all four on the ground. He, he was, was doing too. the same thing I was doing. <laughs> Y'all ran into each other. <laughs> no kidding. And I hadn't heard nothing except that one little leaf rustle. And I looked to my right, and I saw him, and he went, shh, he did that <laughs> cat smile. He saw you, too. And... <laughs> I will instantly look back for the guide. <laughs> Who told I, you to stay back there? And what, I, right. and what no, this is this is the spooky part. When I looked back for that cat, he was gone. Ooh. And I didn't hear him leave. No kidding. Now, what that has to do with this drumming is everything. You think about that. They down there 24-7 on those turkeys. And uh, those turkeys have evolved a way to communicate in that thick stuff without being coursed very hmm. easily. And a gobble is a thousand times easier to course than a drum. And when they hit the ground, they drum, and they have a loud drum. The ones I hunted, I hadn't hunted all over that area down there, but the ones out of Camp Ichi, I spent three weeks down there. So you think it was like eight hundred dollars a bird, and I just kept kept okay, on. Give me another. Siletto <laughs> uh, is me grande, you know, <laughs> just you know, bigger. You know, take me down there, and uh, so but, was, there, was there a drum more pronounced than it was louder? It was obviously to me, it was much louder, mm-hmm. but it was even equally. I'll put it that way: equally more difficult to course. Mm-hmm. So that's what the drum's all about. It's commu- communicating. It's a communication, the letting the hen know where he's at so she can get in. You know, when they're in reproductive habitat, then it's usually a little thicker, understory. And nowadays, if they're around a pine plantation, it's real thick. Mm-hmm. Okay? So. That drum serves that purpose that reduces their need to gobble and get together. I mean, the hen yelps at one time, like I was telling you. He gobbles over here. The hen answers him over there. Then they got to get together. Well, he stands over and gobbles. Something's going to interrupt that reproductive process, whether they get him or not or her. Mm -hmm. 
But the best way to do it starts, he drums a few times, he moves over here, he kind of moves over here, he drums a few times, you know, and you're going like, well, he was here, and he's over there, and the hen goes up in there, and they hook up, and they're gone, and all you hear is that drumming fading away. Hmm. And you go like, well, dang. Yeah. You know, how many times that happened? Yeah. <laughs> Bunch. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, 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 it's a fascinating aspect, but if you can ever figure out what's going on and you can course that drum, it just changes your whole, I mean, you know, it's he's on. There. you know, he's there it, and you, you, it's on. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like looking at him. It's better than looking at him. So much of this sport is audio. It's like worm fishing. It ain't topwater fishing. It's worm fishing. You got to feel that bait. Mm-hmm. You got to fish it alone. You got to swim it. You got to. Is the silence is is golden in turkey hunting? The 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 lengths of, of time between the gobbles and the 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 yelps and all that 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 is you know when I was doing my research, uh, I did a study at LSU on pesticide residues and wildlife, and I come up with a bunch of zero data. And my my major professor and I was complaining about it, and he said. Them zeros is data too, and and that's that's true. Silence is data too. Huh. You got to see it that way. You don't get all worried about. We well, gobbled in five minutes. Yeah, oh that's my good. God, you that's know, really good. Really good, good for stuff. a young hunter to yeah. recognize and learn that. And so let me let me ask you another. Back, you know, we've had so many conversations on the side of the road. And we're trying to replicate <laughs> Best place some in the that. world. It, it, to, it to is. To meet a friend. But, so at some point you told me early in your career, maybe before your knees got bad, but oftentimes you never would sit down to a turkey. You if, when uh, you I went, can't see you, why sit down? It would, well, kind of go through and explain your thought process there and and what, you're, what you would do. Would you just lean up behind a tree? I get a tree now. I wouldn't try to make like a tree. <laughs> Mossy Oak's good, but you know, come on now. <laughs> but so if you're going I ain't to, that fat. You're going to a, you're going to a turkey. You're, you you see a tree. Yeah. Okay, I can get right here to this tree. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to stand up and you know it. you know so many times you know we get as as as, as when we get involved and in, we're gonna learn we're gonna do this we're gonna be. We're going to be a tennis player or whatever you choose to do for recreation and fun and, and all. You know, we go on what other people do and what you see other people do. And and how many turkey hunts have you ever seen that where somebody stood up by a tree and shot a turkey? Well, none, you know. But I, I, I used to – I remember I had a good friend still got him. He's still around. Uh Named Daniel Dillon, and uh, anyway, we I kind of helped him get over some of the humps and turkey hunting over the years, and and uh, I remember we was going to this turkey, and it was his turkey, and I heck I didn't even have a gun, and uh, we was going along, and and it was thick in there, it was like rabbit country, you know, but a big tall timber, but it was thick understory, and we had the turkey working, and the lay of the land would let us get right up here, you know. And uh, where we could kill him and sit to him, you know, but there was no place to sit. If you sat down, it'd be like me sitting behind that curtain right there. And what you going to do then if you sat down? So, but he he ran up there in front of me and picked a big pine tree and was about to sit down. And I grabbed him by the coat. <laughs> I jerked him back. I said, no, no, no. And I got him around there and I stood him up behind that pine tree. 
I said, get your gun up, three-quarter way up. You know, you can't, if you do this, you just mess yourself up, you know. I said, keep it right there. And I stood there right by him, whispered in his ear. And, I mean, all you're going to see is a turkey's head, mm-hmm. you know. And and I didn't, I'm, I'm not, I, I tricked the turkey. In other words, you, if, if that turkey's right over that break and you go to yelping at him, uh, then y'all going to be there a while. But uh, I had already yipped at him as I was coming. And we got up there, and and we were going to sit down and couldn't. So I just made him stand up there, and we stood there a long time. But he was right there. I knew he was. Get a little closer, get a little closer, get a little closer. Old turkey, sure enough, popped his head up, and he blasted him. He would have never shot that turkey or seen that turkey if he had been sitting down. So there's opportunities. You're just hunting turkeys, man. You're not you're – not, I mean, the odds are you you want to sit down, but when the opportunity uh, doesn't make any sense, don't do it, you know. Uh, I've actually retreated on birds before because it just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, if I did get him up in here, what am I going to do, you know? Uh, I, I would get beat most likely in close quarters unless I happened to have the gun pointed right at him when he showed up. And that's not a good ambush point because all he's got to do is jerk and run, and and I'd have never got him killed. So, you know, it's sort of like these you read these uh, books on the Civil War and how these generals would, you know, they would look for good ground, have the military advantage, and they wouldn't fight them here. They'd run, you know, they'd march their whole army over here, and they keep marching till they found good ground. Well, that's what you need to do when you're turkey hunting. You need to find good ground, because if you don't, then that you know you don't know what's on the other side over there exactly. And uh, and if you do, great. But if you don't, then you just got to find find a spot that you know that you have the advantage if he if he comes up in there. And if you do that, then you've got more than half the game won right there. Yeah, that's always tough. Uh, I find, especially in, in pine country, where you're hunting a bunch of roads and fire lanes and you want to set up, but uh, oftentimes if you were to set up on that tree right near the road or the lane, mm, don't do that. it's going to pop up right don't, in front of don't you. Don't do that. You know, don't, don't, and uh, yeah. so I've always found it's good to back up where there's a long stretch of road or get tucked in behind I, a hill where when they I, pop up over the hill. Uh, the you know, we are so preconditioned to uh to roads and trails and and uh I mean I I, I don't know how I've spent most of my time over the years in the woods on a dang logging road. Mm-hmm. And uh and I'm sure we all have. Uh but that is absolutely not where I prefer to sit to kill a turkey. Uh, now, I like I I want to sit within gun range one because you how many times you go down the road and see tracks? Well, that tells you they walk the road. Sure, they walk the roads. Why? Because they can see predators and they can see, you know. Uh, but if you sit on the road or one tree back from the edge of the road then you're going to get seen. 
There is yeah. absolutely, unless you've got the perfect setup, there's absolutely no way he's not going to see you. Right. And uh, so what what I do, if whenever possible, is I it's it goes back to what we talked about last time, the stage. It goes back to the road at that point is the stage. And you give the stage to the bird. And you get off in the wings of the stage, to the right or the left or wherever you can, and you just stay gun range to the stage. And and that's all your objective is. And you can quite often hide a heck of a lot better. And you're and what's he looking for? Well, if, if the gobbler is walking the road in breeding season, he's looking for him. And you look down and there's hen tracks in the road. Well, he's expecting to see the hen. He's really not necessarily looking for you, but he he will see you, but he's looking for the hen. So he's looking where he expects the hen to be, and he's not spending near as much time unless you were to call out there and you know, off the road, in which, you know, you gotta call a little bit, you know. But uh you you want him looking where he expects the hen to be and not looking where you are. And uh, all that has to do with time and distance and, and position. You know, I, I, it was kind of interesting. I brought a magazine with me. Yeah, he's holding a turkey call magazine. I was thinking about y'all the other day when you had mentioned turkey calls, Bobby, and, and calling to a turkey. Think that's worth reading? Yeah, I'll be glad to read it. You just start from the top here. Well, well let's get later some reading music going <laughs> yeah. on in the background. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, we got more of the same here in Missouri. If you cut a tag on cut a tag the first week, you must wait until the following Monday to try for another bird. Naturally, this means more scouting time on the weekend. Happily, our scouting was productive, and we had a plan for the second opener. Um, we'll skip around here. Yeah, keep, skip on down. To- we tried another. I uh, see. Uh, there was no show. We tried another property at mid morning without success. That's, success. That's it. With legal hunting time ticking down, we headed to our third farm of the day. After an arduous climb to a to a high ridge top, we saw a gobbler crossing an opening opening about two hundred yards ahead of us. He disappeared quickly, and we hope oh, you messed me up with that music. You know I got ADD, and we could not uh, be certain if he had spooked. Hoping he had not, we approached and heard him gobble. After a frenzied scramble to set up, no chairs, no cushions, no decoys. <laughs> That's the way we roll anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Lord, Lord. We engaged him properly. He answered us several times and was within 100 yards. There was a little gap about 70 yards away, and we thought that he would be, that we thought that would be the perfect place for him to emerge and then walk down the dim road to our guns. Moments after we formed that thought, he strolled into the gap. Regrettably, to our collective display, he had not read the instructions <laughs> yeah. where he was supposed to walk down. Uh, where he was su- supposed to walk down the road to us. Instead, he stayed in that gap, just out of range, and behaved as if there were an invisible shield between us. He did not step one foot closer to our position. He did, however, perform in a manner worthy of decoration and recognition of the high sword. There you go. <laughs> All right. Can you visualize that situation? Yeah, he can't see a hen, so he's just going to stay in that gap. What did, the turkey went exactly where he was supposed to go. Right. To the opening, the gap. Whatever it was, higher or lower their position or whatever, doesn't really matter. You know, more than likely it was higher, but maybe not. And they were trying to make two legs out of this journey 
And why did the turkey cross the road? Why, why, why did the turkey go to the opening? Because so he couldn't see. Amen. Yeah. They wanted to see. All right. Sight, trump, sound. Always. Period. He goes to where he can see. Why does a gobbler, when he's coming through you in a flat hardwood bottom swamp where there's timber everywhere, and why does he zig this way and zag that way and zig this way, and sometimes they break off to the left or break off to the right? He's looking behind him. He's looking, he looking yeah. down through the woods. <laughs> Same way a deer bobs his head from side to side. Exactly. Yeah. So he's just trying to get the angle. See what he's trying to see. He ain't trying to see you. He's trying to see the hen. Okay, so that's what that turkey was going to do. He's going to come up there. He knew that, obviously, knew that ridge was there. He ran to it. He heard them yelping. They had, they had sold him on the calling. Their calling wasn't terrible. All right, so he went to where he's supposed to go. When they saw that opening down there, why did they not go down there and set up where they could shoot both ways up and down that gap? The... The road thing is a, is a bridge too far. Sometimes it works, but it only it would only work if they knew when to shut up. Mm-hmm. If they had the, what they for him to to earn the decorations, they had to keep calling at him. And there it was, a turkey standing down there in an open gap, looking at wherever they were sitting up in the in woods there, yelping, and he, they, he can't see the hen. It guarantees a hang-up. 90% of the hang-ups occur because of when you call to a turkey. You make them hang up. They don't just naturally want to hang up. They want to go get with the hen. So there's a time that you really need to know when to shut up. Okay? Yeah, but Like your mama told me. I was thinking the you know, what you're I thinking. hope Lanny's listening to that. You, know, you better shut up, boy. <laughs> you know? You know, and so when he got there, if they hadn't said another word, then he probably would have eventually He's down there. Last place he heard the hen was up there, you know, wherever they were. And Unless he heard something else, or unless he was extremely intelligent, which they, some of them are, don't know the turkey. He wasn't no two-year-old. He was doing what we were talking about on them dusting sites. He was he was cruising around looking for trouble. And and, and so he was he heard a hen. Yep, that's where the hen was supposed to be up there. And he he bought in a hundred percent, went there to the gap, got there, and gobbled and they had to have said something and he okay he accepted the, the sound it was a hen now where are you but he he was too experienced to buy into the hen in the bush trick mm-hmm. the hen in the bush trick. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't gonna pay for that that's one. right he yeah. probably already did once and yeah. lived through it and wasn't going to do it twice. So that is, that's why I brought that, because we all have done it. And those guys, you know, did it. And, and he said in writing he didn't know why. Well, that's why. Because the, the, the key to getting them killed is to set up where you can kill them when they assume the stage. 
You have to identify. They identified a stage. <coughs> and all right, there's the stage. Well, they didn't have all that baggage, thank goodness. And they had no reason to keep them from getting down there. If, you know, I mean, some closer you get, yeah, you know, I get scared to go on down in there and get where I need to be sometime because you don't, you don't want to bust the turkeys, you know. I mean, but sometimes you, if you don't get there, you might as well go home anyway. So it's, when you talk about stages, some are obvious. Some are openings that are obvious. Others might be a little more subtle, a ridge in, exactly. in the woods and, and whatnot. And that's where that gobbler wants to be when you're referring to the stage. And it's all relative to you, and it's all relative to what's available to him. Now, some of them are a lot more... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot more uh, obvious, pronounced. Uh, no, some of them are a lot more subtle, regular. In other words, there's there's places if you hunt a place over the years, and they don't go in there and destroy the timber on you and stuff, and the, the habitat changes every year anyway. But it, it's not that quick. Uh, a stage is a stage, and as long as the nesting habitat stays where it is, and the roof trees aren't cut. And these areas where they get together, these focal points where they have always gotten together, seems like, then it's not going to change. And you can ease in there and you can pick them like cherries when, when you know the land like that. I mean, it ain't even fair. And I, I'm not, I, I used to do it as a guide and, uh, you know, why are we sitting here? Let's chill out now. We'll all right. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. But but some of them, like what you're talking about, Bobby, if, like if you're running and gunning and you're in the woods and you strike a turkey out there and you ain't never sat to a turkey in this flat before or whatever, and how do you choose where to get? Well, that's that's a great question. And and there are some sometimes that you kind of have to uh, work your way through because you're not always going to pick right because it's hard to say. Uh if you can't see it, uh, don't mean it ain't there, you know. And it might be because you just can't vis- see it. I mean, uh, you know, physically, it's right. not in your view. Uh, if I had to pick a characteristic of a stage, it serves the function of allowing the turkey to be seen and for the alert turkey to be able to see from uh better than what relatively speaking what else is around him and if i had to describe where you need to be it is where the turkey has to come to you to see you and that you call from where he can't see in other words if you're in a position over that ridge, he can't see over that ridge in that hollow. Now, you don't want to be down in the bottom of that hollow. You want to be right there where you can blast him when he pokes his head over and looking down in the hollow. You see? Right. So you need to position yourself if you're in a very fl- fluid engagement and you're not sure where He's, you know, he's going or where you're going. And it's, you know, I love to hunt places I've never hunted before because it's like, holy crap, where, you know, I don't know where to go, you know. But, I mean, it's that's what's cool about it. 
And so a lot of times what I'm saying is you've got to, you got to admit this ain't right. I've sat down a bunch of times and said, looked around and go, this ain't right. Mm -hmm. And get up and retreat or just don't break the cardinal rule. Just don't get seen. You can get heard to some degree all, you know, that's not an issue. Turkeys make noise in the woods, you know. Certain kind, they don't, you know, knock over bushes and stuff like that, you know what I mean? I've seen them do that too, you know, and fighting and all. But, uh, you know, that's so, you got to just keep a distance. That's why you can get too close too quick because then you have very little flexibility in what to do. And if you sit wrong and you get too close and you're going to end up behind him and he's going to go quiet on you and you're not going to know where he is, you might have to wait an hour or two hours before he gobbles again. He's not going to leave. Yeah, not with Lanny. You're not going to sit there. No, now. well, I'm serious <laughs> now. So that's what that's what I've gotten better at. Uh, it has finally sunk in with me. That turkey ain't going nowhere. 400 yards ain't nowhere. Oh, finally, after 45 years. Of yeah. hey, I'm telling you. Hey, there is a chance, Bobby. I mean, me. I mean that's what happen. I'm getting at, though. But if you've got all day, you know, Bobby, there was a turning point in my life. And it, it, y'all, y'all probably think less of me, but my whole life, once I met the wild turkey and had a few experiences, I knew early on that there was no way I was going to be able to hunt this animal part-time absolutely no way uh i didn't know how i could make a living doing it and i was raised to make a living not to you know be sorry and and i mean some people trade off everything for you know a certain way of life but i i couldn't go that route my mom and daddy killed me you know and you know, I had to make something out of myself, but I had to figure out a way to support myself. Anyway, that's all the guiding, and that's a long story, too. But I knew early on that if I was ever going to understand and be a turkey hunter, uh, I was kind of late anyway, uh, that I was going to have to spend every day turkey hunting that you could turkey hunt. And a lot of those days before turkey season in the woods trying to figure out what's going on. And I did. The Lord blessed me and gave me an opportunity to share that with thousands of people really and uh and i spent every year i probably from mid from feb first of february to the end of may for dang near 50 years i've been in the turkey woods and and i'm not talking about uh that uh morning shift <laughs> okay, I'm talking about. He ain't getting to the M M&M and M by the time they serve breakfast. Uh, 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 Did you know they serve breakfast? Yeah. I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> I eat a sweet roll and coffee, and and I and I got a Snickers bar and eat cargo pocket, and uh, and and I've been pretty thirsty before because <laughs> uh, I ain't toting around a bunch. Of, you know, a bottle of water is way damn too much for me to tote, and this is when I was young. So, uh, you know, these guys that run around toting the, the, the chairs and the TVs and all that mess, <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for them. And, and, but, you know, you can pick and choose. You can hunt them any way you want to, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do and you feel good about it, then do it that way. I'm not 
really criticizing you. But uh, until you go naked on the side of a tree, one on one with a goblin turkey, eye to eye. That's what I'm talking. You know, uh, man, get give it a chance. If you've never done it, you need to do it well, at least once. Get out of that pup tent and get out there and and <laughs> and see see if if uh, you can do that because it's a heck of a lot harder than just you know slinging lead or TSS or whatever you're shooting these days out of a pup tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more rewarding. Tent. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. it's a hunt. Yeah. It's it creates. It's sort of like the difference between. Deer hunting with a rifle and deer hunting with a bow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's that kind of difference. It's a big difference. It's that closeness. And, right. and uh, it's that thrill that we all really seek in hunting. And, uh, you know, if you had never killed a turkey, it doesn't really matter how you do it, I guess, you know. I mean, it's great to, you know, have that accomplishment and then, you know, take it from there. But and a lot of people work their way into different approaches. I just never knew a different approach. Uh, when I first started turkey hunting, there wasn't no mossy oak. I mean, thank God there is now, though. I tell you. Well, and, and <laughs> hey, hey, guys, let me tell you something. And I believe it was in 1986, the first time I laid eyes on that pattern right there, that bottom land. I couldn't believe my eyes. I said, I got to have that. And I got it. And you know I've been wearing it ever since. Yeah. And uh, you know why? Because it worked. That's right. And, and that's, I mean, I, I ain't nobody paying me to say that. Uh, I mean, I, it's just the truth. Well, we appreciate that. And we reckon every time I've ever bounced into you in the woods, your clothes look like they've, uh, uh, I mean, you need a new outfit of clothes, but it's always. And you've offered it's, them to me it, before. It, 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 you're, you've carried so many turkeys out. It's like they're He's, waxed he, over. That bottomland jacket is just I- iconic. Iconic. It, it, Have y'all ever seen? You've seen it before, haven't you? And that's the second one, it, isn't it? Yeah, the one y'all seen is the second one. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see the first. The one. first one. The first one looks a little pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We've been some, some I'm, good I'm information. Been, I'm just soaking it in over here. Delaney, I hate you got to leave for the night. I do, too. Why don't you schedule this on a Friday yeah, evening? Yeah. Where are you going? Well, we got a state swim meet this weekend, so. You swimming? No, I'm not swimming, but my little ones are, so we got to get prepped up for that. All right. Well, that sounds important. Tell Hayden and, and Logan, good luck. We want Logan to win the state and the butterfly. And the butterfly. That's right. He has a chance. Yeah. So we Can't wait see. to hear next week. <laughs> so, look, this has been real. It's real we're going to do a part two. We got Daniel. We're going to sit down. I have to leave because I hate to miss part two. But I'm sure Mac will ask all the questions I have, and you yeah, got, Daniel's going to be in the house here, so yeah, it's good yep. stuff. All right, Mr. George, we're going to get you some coffee. Everybody stay with us. We're coming back with part two. Say goodbye, Dudley. Goodbye for now, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac Mac. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast, and be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine, and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.